so I'll read it together. And it reads, he has sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Hallelujah. what let's read that one more time he has sent redemption to his people he has commanded his covenant forever holy and awesome is his name hallelujah 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 that's how we praise the God that we serve, the God who redeemed us, the God that sent his only begotten son to die that we may have life. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 7, starting at verse 6. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God, for another day that we could sup at your table. Lord God, my only prayer is this, is that you, re you remove me out of the way, Lord God, that you may use me, that you press on me, Lord God, and allow me to decrease, that your spirit must increase. Father, we need a meal this morning, Lord God. We need encouragement this morning, Lord God. Lord God, we need you this morning. And our total focus is on you. So hide me behind the cross, Lord God, for as the flowers may fade and the grass may wither, your word lasts forever, Father. So write it on the tablets of our hearts. And in Jesus' name we pray and let the church say, amen, amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. It reads, For you are a holy people. <laughs> Let me read that again. <laughs> I'm talking to you. For you <laughs> are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. You're holy and you're chosen. And you're special. A special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people for you are the least of all peoples. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. You may be seated in the presence of God. His word is good all by itself. And he begins to speak, you are a holy people. Holy means set apart for the work of the Lord. You are set apart for the work of the Lord. 
you're chosen. Favor ain't favor unless you use it. He chose you out of everybody else in this world. He chose you to be his children. And you're special. You're a special treasure above all the people on the face of the earth. The children of God. You're special. Above all the children. All the people on the face of the earth. So don't let anybody tell you any different. This is an identity check. Do you know who you are? He said, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that God dwells in you? He chose you to live in. And he said in verse 8, but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage. Redeemed you from the house of bondage. We once lived in a house of bondage. Before we knew Jesus, we were enslaved to sin. It was a house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God redeemed us with a mighty hand. Egypt was a land that was unconquerable, if that is a word. People looked at it like it could not be conquered. The land of Egypt in that day was humongous. They had all the finest things. They had the shields, the swords, the chariots. They had the whole army. All of the nations surrounding them feared them. And God chose the Israelites, his chosen people who were very few in number and were slaves to Pharaoh and Egypt to pull them out so that he might show his glory and might show his strength. You wonder why you have so much favor. Because God said, I'm going to use the weak things of this world to confine the wise. He's not trying to go after the people who are perfect. He's going after the people who've been through something. And he said that I'm going to, I, I have, and he did, he redeemed them. With a mighty hand. So I had to look at the word redeemed. What does redeemed means? (sighs) Apollotrosis in the Greek. Redemption. Deliverance. Release. Affected by payment of ransom. So you have been released Let my people go. That's what Moses said. By a payment 
that had to be paid in order for you to be redeemed. You ever put something on welfare? Uh, 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 not welfare, uh, layaway. I woke you up with that one, though. You see how God does? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Hey, if he used me, he can use you. That's what I want to let you know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> When you put something on layaway, <laughs> when you put something on layaway, you had to come back and you had to pick it up. But it had to be paid for. There was a price for it, right? So that's what God did for us. He said the wages of sin is death. So in order for us to be redeemed, something had to die. Now, at one point in time, they would slay goats, they would slay the, the lamb, and the blood would cover up that sin. But the lamb and the goats, the blood was only temporary. It wasn't strong enough to cover up all of the sin of the people. So God would have lost some with them trying to cover up the sin with the blood and the lamb of the lamb and the goat's blood, right? So not only that, people were rich. So they have a whole bunch of lambs and a whole bunch of goats. So they'll go out there sinning, knowing in the back of their mind that I could go over here and get me one of these many goats and lambs that I have and just sacrifices. Uh, but don't we do that as Christians? We know we have gr grace, grace, grace. And sometimes we go around and we'll do something knowing in the back of our mind that God's going to give me grace and he's going to give me mercy. Don't we do that at times? Okay, not this church. Um, <laughs> but that's how they were using the blood of the lamb and the blood of the goat. So God sent his only begotten son which didn't have a temporary blood, but he had an eternal blood. His blood never runs out. So when they say that you're covered by the blood, it sounds quite gruesome, right? But it's like this. It's not that you're covered by the blood in all actuality, that the blood is over you like a Carrie movie or something like that. It's not like that. It's saying that you're covered by his blood, the payment was that something had to die. If you were in a Burger King line and you wanted, a, 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 well, let's say, a Happy Meal, and the Happy Meal cost $5, but you only had $4, you fell short, right? So you couldn't get that Happy Meal, right? And then somebody behind you said, you know what? I got you covered. Here is the rest of the payment that you needed to walk away with that purchased item. And that's what Jesus did for all of humanity. He gave his only life to be the payment for the redemption of the product, which is you. Right? 
1972, in Sweden, there was a place that they called Stockholm, Sweden Stockholm. A guy decided to rob a bank. When he went in, he shot in the air and wound up shooting one of the guards there, and he took a few people captive, and he put them in a vault, and they were all locked up in this vault, right? And the guy had all these different demands of what he wanted. He wanted a car. He wanted some money, right? And the police said, okay, I'm going to give you all these things. They had a nice Mustang full with gas. They gave him the money that he wanted. They said, you can have all those things, but the only thing that you can't have is those hostages. I need those hostages. So he had a standoff with them for six hours, and he was locked in the vault. And the people who were captured with him, they began to grow fond of this guy because he would do little things to capture their favor. So one of the guys was trying to call his family, and he couldn't call his family in the vault because he wasn't getting proper reception. So he was like, uh, he encouraged him and said, just keep trying. You'll get them soon. So he felt a certain way about the guy, like this guy isn't so bad, right? And an, and it came down to the time to where he was like, I got to shoot one of you guys because they don't, they're not taking me serious. But I'm only going to shoot you in the leg. And the prisoners were like, oh, he's not so bad. He only wants to give us a leg shot. No big deal. <laughs> and then time passed to where somebody started to get claustrophobic. And they were in there like, I can't take this no more. He was like, why don't you go around and walk around the lobby, but I'm going to put a 30-foot rope on you. And all these people, do you know that when it was all said and done, they were like, okay, come out. You guys are free. You guys have been redeemed. And they said, no, you, you guys take him first because if we go first, you're going to kill him. And, and, and then they, they, when they got out, they raised money for their captor so that he can have an attorney to defend him once he gets to court. And they would go back and they would visit him periodically. And this is a true story. So now they have formed this term called Stockholm Syndrome. You guys know what I'm talking about. So... It's funny how Jesus has released us. He's redeemed us from bondage. But every once in a while, we get spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. We want to go back and visit our captor, right? We want to go back and justify the one who had us captive. We start justifying our sin. We start telling like, okay, this is why I flashed on him. And, and then, you know, really believing that that was a good reason for you to act out of the will of God. But you are holy. You can't forget who you are in Christ. You've been set apart. You are an ambassador of Christ. That means 
you represent him. That means when you walk through the world, everybody sees the kingdom of God through you. No man has ever seen God, but when they see your good deeds, when they see the way that you react to affliction, they've seen God. And it's a certain type of feeling that our old man gives us. It's a yearning for sin. You know, a lot of times we justify sin because God said the reason why we sin isn't because he tempts us, because God will tempt no man. But we sin because of our lust and our passions. It's because we yearn for things that we can't have. And that causes us to sin. But God has called you to be soldiers. You are the army of God. And sometimes, all the time, let me say all the time, You can't stand on feelings. Feelings are like the sinking sand. If you build your house on feelings, your house will eventually fall. You have to build your house on the rock. Psalms 18 and 2 says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I will take refuge. When you get that urge and when you get that temptation to sin against God, go to God. Run to him. Take refuge in his word. Take refuge in his way. You have to read your word to know what he says about your situation because there is nothing new under the sun. Therefore, if you come into a situation and a complication, it's in the word on how to resolve it. Amen? And it's so funny how we, just like them, we will justify, we, we, we grow intimate with our oppressor because we spend too much time with him. He becomes familiar to us. And it's hard to even fathom living without him. And it seems that our oppressor doesn't come with a pitchfork and he doesn't come with horns. The way that he tempts us is that he will use the influence of someone close to us. Somebody that we will never imagine will cause us to sin. It would be your own brother, your own sister offering you the alcohol. It would be that one person who you never thought that will get on your last nerves that'll cause you to flash something crucial to where you be repenting for the next three weeks. Or maybe that's just me. (laughs) We can't go off feelings because he said pride comes before the fall. Ooh, pride comes before the fall. 
Sometimes we got to let it pass when somebody clowning on you. Sometimes we got to let it pass when your co-worker just snitched on you in front of the boss. Sometimes we got to let it pass when somebody put a hole in your boat to make it seem like their boat is floating. Because <laughs> it's not about me. At the end of the day, it has nothing to do with me. When we come down to it, when Jesus died on the cross, he actually died to glorify God. And we always say he died to keep us out of hell. He died to get us into heaven. That is true. But his number one reason for dying on that cross was to glorify God. Everybody's wondering why were they created? Why was I put here on this earth? But the Bible says you were created for my glory. God has created you to reflect God's glory. You are his children. Therefore, you should act like God. You should look like God. You know, when they look like, boy, I know that's your son. You look just like him. He looked just like you. The world should know that you are the child of God. You should look just like him. And the thing is, is the oppressor, the one who had us bound up. Oh, I'm walking through the city. I smell some bombs, some marijuana, you know. I don't even know what they call it nowadays. We used to call it perp. And do you know that old me has those thoughts in your mind? Like, ooh, it makes you want to. You know, I need to go and find it. It's legal now. <laughs> like, <laughs> that old man started creeping up, right? And see, and that stuff is strong, it's potent. No, I, I was in the world. That enemy. That enemy will, will try to tempt you in such a way till you go back to something, and when you go back to it, that enemy has grown so large that it could kill you. God forbid I go back and smoke some of that stuff they got around right now. I'll probably fall out and pass out or something like that. I can't handle that. He says, when God delivers you from demons, he says, and you go back to that sin, those demons come back seven times stronger. We got to be careful. Paul said, I do not look behind me, but I look forward and I press towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's who we used to be, but that's not who I am now. You might have did what they said you did, but you're not who they said you are. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's something to rejoice about. You have been redeemed in the name of Jesus. You have been released from every form of bondage. 
from the spiritual form of bondage, from the mental form of bondage. I don't desire those things that I used to desire. That no longer moves me. Houses and nice cars, they no longer move me. That weed and that drink, you can't come offer that to me and have me move from where I am in Christ Jesus. Uh, but I love to see a soul come to Christ. And he said that a man will lay down his life for a friend. Sometimes you got to lay down what you want so that somebody else could see the glory of God and come to the kingdom. Do you know how many people are attached to your calling? That's why it calls you special. On your walk, predicated on your walk, is the people who are going to see him. He's saying, don't move, don't waste time. We don't have a lot of time. Jesus is coming back. And I don't want to go to heaven by myself. When we get to heaven, we want to get to heaven and say, look at all these people who I came and brought with me to the party. Sometimes it's hard. That old relationship, that dude call you up, that girl calls you up, and your old man, he's familiar with that old person over there. And sometimes you got to not care if that person gets mad. You might have to offend that person because it's not that person trying to get you to go back. It's that spirit influencing that person to distract you, trying to get to... to to get your eyes off of Jesus Christ. And sometimes you just got to say, no. No, I won't answer your phone. I'm going to block you on Facebook. No. Praise the Lord. Then they be like, well, you're supposed to love all people. Oh, I'm going to love you. But you're attached to somebody else calling. Because you're too much of an influence in my life. And you're trying to get me to go to something that might kill me. The longer that I walk on the straight and narrow path of righteousness, the more that God grows in me. And and I'm looking for longevity. One thing that pastor said, he said, be consistent at doing the right things. Then you're going to see miracles. Then you're going to see breached relationships come back together. Then you're going to see people who did not believe start to believe. Because they knew your former you. They knew that you when you were in the flesh. And when they see that you have the strength, when they used to influence you to do bad, but now they're seeing that you have the strength to say no, that you keep going to church on Sunday, that you're not really joining the rest of the crowd and going to the club and drinking, drinking, drinking with everybody else. They're like, what is it that you have? I need that. That God that you serve is real because I've seen everybody else serving all these other gods and I've seen they walk. (laughs) And it don't reflect the God that you serve. 
Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Isaiah 5 and 20. God is saying, woe to you who call good evil and evil good. My son was at school last week, and there was a fight that broke out. And he said, Daddy, there was a fight at school today. I said, really, what did you do? And he said, I just stood there. I said, really? I said, what did everybody else do? He said, I looked up, and he said, a whole crowd of kids was running towards the fight. All these kids, were, I said, were they excited? He said, yeah, everybody was talking about it. They were talking about who won and who didn't win. And these kids, you would notice, and I said, how many of you? He said, me and my friends. It was about four of them who didn't run towards sin. And I said, you see that? I said, look at all these people who were calling evil good, who were glorifying evil. And you got to be careful on those Facebooks and, and that world star and those other things because what they try to do is justify sin in a very manipulative way. What they will do is they'll have like a little person and then they'll have like a big old person bullying the little person. And you'll be watching this thing and then you see the little person totally destroy the big person, right? But the thing is, you be like, see, that's what you deserve. But that's not who God called us to be. He, they, they trick, you see, like, um, um, what, was that, what was that movie called? Taken. And, and they had took the guy's, they, could, they took the guy's daughter, right? And, 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 and the guy went after the guys who, do, who, who took his daughter. Like, he was like, yeah, yeah, he's not having that. And throughout the movie, he's going around killing all these people. But we justified it in our mind and in our heart that that was okay because they showed already that they have his daughter. But what it's doing is getting us conditioned to sin and accepting sin. And then it's desensitizing us to the fact that when somebody else is hurt, that we don't really even care. Some of us even laugh. The biggest thing in school back in the day when somebody was slipping fall, but ah, <laughs> dang, he bit it. And we used to laugh when people fall, but that's not what God is calling us to do. When somebody falls, he's calling us to pick them up. Don't be sensitized to evil and to the captor because that's what the captor is trying to do. And he's trying to get us to go back and visit those bad ways. But the Bible that I read tells me to pray for those who despitefully misuses you. He tells you to pray for your enemies. He tells you that, in fact, your enemies will be made your footstool. So, therefore, that when you do conquer that temptation, when that enemy was coming after you, you move to another level in Christ Jesus. You move a little bit closer to heaven. You get a little bit more power, spiritual power in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not going to keep you too long, but I would say this in 1 John 2 and 15. It reads, mm, mm, mm. do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, 
the craving of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, right? I want y'all to listen to this because everybody can, this is very practical. The world and its desires do what? They pass away. But the man who does the will of God does what? Live forever. How many people want to live forever? That's right. God sat me down when I was in the booth at BART, and I was all by myself. And he said, he said, are you going to keep on compromising so that you can get a temporary satisfaction from sin? He said, are you going to fight the good fight and get an eternal blessing from me? And I changed my walk since then. I said, no, God, I want your blessing. He's been opening up all kinds of doors. You guys seen that video that we put up last week? It's now being accepted by CMC California Music Channel. It's going to be in, praise God, it's going to be in 2.5 million homes. And people think that's because of how good we sing or they think that it's because of the connections we have. No, it's all God. When you're obedient to God, you begin to move forward towards the promises that he has promised for your life. Every time that we sin, every time that we compromise, we get delayed from the promises that God has in your life. I'm telling you from young to, to big to small, it doesn't matter. God has a promise for your life. And if you want to get there, I want you to stop going back and visiting the one who used to hold you captive and continue to press forward towards the mark of the high calling. Start saying yes to Jesus and start saying no to the devil in the name of Jesus. I, I say yes, Lord, yes. Y'all remember that? To your will and to your way, I say yes. Lord, yes, I will trust you and open. When your spirit, when your spirit speaks to me, with my whole heart I'll agree. And my, what's your answer? Will be yes, Lord, yes. That's what we want to say to God. When his spirit speaks to you, and when you have that chance to compromise, and when the oppressor tries to tempt you with sin, God's spirit will speak to you. Go with it. Don't override the spirit of God. He's the one who convicts you. He's the one who comforts you. You might be worried about what people are thinking about you, but I'm here to tell you to only be concerned about what God knows about you. He knows that you're holy. He knows that you're special. 
He knows that you're a treasure that he placed above everybody on this planet Earth. You are the temple of God and God dwells in you. Don't go back and visit the oppressor. Don't even justify him. Sometimes we just got to repent and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm not going back to that no more. And I feel like, ooh, I'm feeling it in this place. There's somebody who visited their oppressor. And they're going back into the house of bondage. But today is the day that you will be freed. Today is the day that you will receive the redemption that already taken place on the cross 2,000 years ago. God says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, not you might, but you shall be saved. You shall go to heaven. You shall live forever. I don't know who that is, but if there's anybody who doesn't know if they were to die in the next moment, that they will get to heaven. And they want to be sure that they get to heaven when their number is called. We just want to pray with you. Raise your hand right where you are. Whoever that might be. Anybody who wants to make a change. 